0: Welcome to the Bad Influence Podcast, all things sex, drugs, relationships, and music. Unhealthy and healthy, this is your story. We chat about things not normally discussed in polite society. Uh, We are not experts. We only share our opinions from our experiences. Remember that. And please follow us on Facebook, share, and comment. So before we get into today's episode, I wanted to jump in real quick because this was the very first episode that I recorded in its full production, Um, and I forgot to unmute my father, so (laughs) you will hear him, but it's, um, you're only going to hear, it sounds like he's out in the distance on the other side of the room, Um, and you will hear uh, discussions in there about uh, my employment. Um, and I am no longer with that company. If you want to hear that episode, um, you will have to tune, stay tuned to the very end of this episode and we have an announcement coming out. So, uh, with that, enjoy the rest of this episode, uh, with my father, Jeff and my grandfather QB. Thanks. Welcome, 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 welcome. It is bad influence for you again today. Uh, we have uh, two very special guests with us. Uh, I am Justin, of course, and joining me are the people who, Gave you me, I guess. So starting with my father, Jeff, say hello. Hey, this is Jeff. How are you doing? There we go. And then we have my grandfather, Grandpa. Say hi. Hi. How's everybody? Perfect. Perfect. <clears throat> uh,
1: Justin, by the way,
0: thank you. Of course. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: you <laughs>
0: I was the sperm that made it, as they say. Yeah. So, uh, as most of you, our listeners will know by now, um, uh, the basis of the podcast is just to kind of um, explore humanity, um, have conversations that we would have uh, without microphones. Um, I'm extremely interested in getting to know what make people tick and why they tick. Um, and uh, for those that know me, they know that uh, I've had my bad experiences in my life. And believe it or not, um, these two gentlemen sitting in front of me were part of the reason why I tick. So, without further ado, um, let's get into it. Uh, Dad, um, tell me about me. <laughs> tell me. Um, uh, tell me what your thoughts were when you heard uh, my mom was pregnant with me.
1: Well, uh, it was kind of a shock. Uh, we were having multiple sex, and uh, uh, at the time, I, uh, I preferred not to have a protection.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that sounds boring anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: I knew what the risk were. And then uh, one day, I uh, was like, hey, I'm pregnant. I was like, my God. Uh, the first thing that came to my, uh, my mind was, uh, well, I'm going to have to be a dad. I've got to step up. I've got to get a good job. I've got to support this family and stuff like that. And that was my goal. Uh, and with me and your mom, uh, we tried and tried. I think, uh, honestly, here's a great example. Uh, Her blood type is like uh, O, B, or A, B, uh, negative, and I'm A, A negative. So those two blood types just didn't match. That's how I'm describing my world. Okay, that makes sense. It didn't. Sounds like
0: every one of mine.
1: Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. No matter what you did, it didn't work. But uh, uh, the best memory I have is uh, trying to pick out the name and stuff like that it was like I just want one kid just one kid only and uh, so uh, Sue's giving me all these names she was saying uh, Henry or Chad or something like that at the time you know those names were popular and she said Justin and I kind of like turned my head and uh, uh, she said and Justin means just one and it was like that's it Uh, so that was me kind of telling her I only had I only wanted one
0: child and so, why did you only want one kid? Like, what was going on in your head at that point in your life where you're like, I a, I don't even you know, I wasn't really ready, ready push, to be a dad. But yeah. why just one kid? I knew
1: what the logistics were on raising one child. Because. And how old were you at the time? Nineteen. I was uh, nineteen because I watched my father raise uh, a a brood
0: mm-hmm. of
2: uh, kids. Grandpa, I, how many kids total did you have? Six live, and we lost one. So we'll okay,
0: so you're well aware of <coughs> what happens. And when I you got married at eighteen. Money. At 18 years old,
2: graduated high school, got married, went to the navy. Okay, yep.
0: So, um, so she said just one, and you're like perfect. That works for me.
2: Yep. And so that's how
1: your name came to be. So Justin,
0: oh, okay. the just one. That's the funny, fact.
1: Is, she should have a pair of uh, pajamas, uh, newborn that says on the back, Justin the just one. Huh? Because we found them at hmm. the uh, JC Penney. She's a
0: hoarder, so she. Yeah, she I'm probably I'm got them somewhere. Got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Along with that Atari 2600.
0: <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, so okay obviously I'm not the only one um, then four years later my brother Jesse was born yep and now I have a sister out there as well right S- Stephanie yeah and so right?
1: uh, she's probably right at your age uh, yeah. probably a year younger okay something like that oh my god
0: oh and grandfather is hearing about this for the first time I assume Yes yep okay <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome so, <laughs> so uh, this is part of the this is this is what we get into this is what I love. So I uh, I
1: was working at Denny's at the time, and there was a waitress, and uh, uh, she would come over after I got up for work second, working the midnight shift, and and uh, we were having unprotected sex, and uh, and quite honestly, I don't think I would have been doing that if it wasn't uh, the relationship that I was in because it was so volatile. With uh, my mother. With your mom. Right. Uh, because uh, I always felt that you never do that to your spouse once that's it. That's it. Uh, you stay faithful.
0: Cause you grew up uh, in a Catholic church, St. Jude's here in Cedar Rapids. And so Correct. you, yep. you understand and grandma and grandpa were together for 200 years. So yep. that made sense to you to be in a relationship that long. Yeah. A monogamous. In. Monogamous. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and that wasn't the case. Uh, if your mom was here, then I probably elaborate more, but she's not here to defend herself, but it just turned, didn't turn out that way. Right. And, and it's a jaded feeling that you get. And so, uh, you uh, kind of feel like uh you know what else can i do and stuff like that
0: right you two were like oil and water yeah exactly <laughs> and so you saw my, my mom and dad getting together and yeah what was your perspective looking at on that i thought
2: great you know they had a relationship in that uh, i questioned the day they got married because of what was said between them and that but
0: that's the day of the the day of their way
2: always protected their child that's right
0: yeah we're <clears throat> supposed to so uh, so you had another so you've had three kids that you know of, right <laughs> correct um, what was your fears about being a father and what, um, what were you fearful about passing on like genetically or I don't want to do this or I was doing this at this time And I should change. What was the most toxic thing I guess you were doing in your life that you wanted to change or what did you want to give to your spawn?
1: Well, at that time, I wasn't doing anything toxic. I wasn't going out drinking. I wasn't uh, doing drugs and stuff like that because, honestly, I couldn't afford it because I was uh, was working as a meat cutter. Right. Just damn near minimum wage. The only way I could make more money was come in early and load the trucks and stuff like that. And so I was just barely making enough to survive and stuff. And so I didn't really have the luxury of... Uh trying to uh you know, uh get into trouble sort of right. sort of thing. But right. uh, uh so I didn't really have a uh advice, I guess you could say, uh uh but what I did want to do is uh I wanted to I wanted to be like my dad to raise my kid at the time, just you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bless him. Uh, <laughs> the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, <clears> so <throat> thanks for the genuflect. So what was it about? What was some attributes about Grandpa that you saw? You're like, I want to be that type of father.
1: So, so with that statement, uh, so I grew up in the '60s, early '70s, and uh, uh, I, if you can uh, stereotype anybody, and I was to stereotype my dad, I would think of that construction worker in the '50s. With that hard hat, white tight T-shirt, mm-hmm. cigarettes rolled up in the uh, shirt pocket or in the shirt sleeve. <laughs> shirt sleeve. What, what cigarettes and were
0: they? What cigarettes did you have rolled up? Tarrington. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, those are the ones that literally said, "We'll give you lung cancer here. Smoke one."
2: Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to smoke Lucky's and then Paul Malls and
0: then went to Tarrington. Yeah. yeah okay.
1: But uh, <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was persona of uh, my dad.
0: That's um, what you wanted. A blue yeah. collar. I'm a man. Yep. And right. uh,
1: I remember him coming home one time saying. Uh, talking about, he worked at the uh, uh, the Iowa Gas and Electric Company, mm-hmm. and he talking about a welder guy that was just the shit. And I think I was thirteen or fourteen when I heard him talking about that. And right then and there, I said I'm going to be a welder.
0: And what did you do for the majority of your life?
1: I was a certified pressure vessel welder.
0: So there we go. I think that uh, stands true that there are some things that stick in the back of our mind that we remember the most.
2: Yes. Um, and so- I took one of his welds to the gas company. I used to test my welders. Oh Oh, you didn't know this? No, no. Yeah, so this is quite impressive. And we used to have what you call certified welder. Yep. Because we did government work. Right. And they had to have minimum flaws. He flew through through that test with flying colors. At what age were you? Uh, Uh, It's in his early 20s. Okay.
0: Okay. So So what about Grandpa did you not like? And you're like, I don't want to do that to my kids.
1: Uh, He was a hard ass. He... uh, he had these fucking rules. Uh, 10 o'clock. <laughs> your your ass is in the... Oh, I at 10 o'clock. Uh, and the kids that I was growing up with, uh, early 70s, late 60s. Yeah. Uh, you know, that 10 o'clock rule is for uh, losers and right. stuff like that.
2: Squares. So the squares. <laughs> Kindergarteners.
1: Yeah. And uh, Damn. And so he was a hard ass about that. And uh, he carried a big hammer. You step out of line, you're going to fill the raft but mm-hmm. with that statement uh i think that uh carried through my entire life to where i am today Is because uh, uh you tow your your rope you tow your line and uh that's just who you are and so that's how you're respected that's how people <coughs> know so If you're a firm you're worth, believer in your integrity yeah if they if they right. think you're worth your salt
0: so. right do you think that you were successful in not in giving your oldest son me those passing on those traits and do you think you're <laughs> successful in not passing on some traits you know i remember growing up get my ass beat by you uh, yep. i remember getting kicked like a football for drinking out of your mountain dew bottle i don't no resentment i don't hate you obviously no um i've worked through that personally but that is something that i go i'm never going to do that
1: yeah, to my so. kids
0: right yep. i feel like um the biggest example i can use is racism racism should have been dying for the last 200 years because slowly each generation should get smarter and smarter and look at the parents and say I don't want to do that yeah right yeah. and uh, so yeah so you may have been successful and you may not have right and we don't really know the outcome of that until our children reach a ripe old age of in their 30s
1: yeah
0: right yeah, uh, yeah. and you tell me all the time you're proud of me and I appreciate that yeah. um, grandpa you had six kids um, but yeah. you raised five right
2: had six kids living yep okay 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 yep
0: Yep. and we Yay. lost uh, and lost one so Lost seven one and
2: when we were marked at McGregor <clears throat> okay um, so sidebar then, on this uh, raising and you think you did good or not yeah if we could go back in time and do it differently up to now then I can tell you which way is the right way right what it's, we know now being a parent's one profession you can get into. There's no books. All you can take is
0: advice, yep.
2: and add to it or subtract.
0: Yep. When when I uh, first heard I was going to be a father, uh, woo, that's tough. Um, I read every book I could find. I probably read 15 books, not every book, but I read a lot of books on how to be a better father than my father, who should have been a better father than his father, and so on.
1: Yeah. That's the way it should be.
0: And the first, I've apologized to Chase about this. The, uh, you know, the first fifteen years, fuck, what kind of father should I have been? Uh, but now, you know, we regret those things. Uh, now I think I'm a good father. But so, uh, at least you're learning. That's now, the good part about. Now, it. Yeah. <laughs> it, no. it, it took the last ten years for me to um, really grow up and and figure out a few things. <clears throat> so my dad is. Where does he stand in the lineup of children?
2: Jeff's number. Uh,
0: I'm four. Four. Down. Number four. And he's your third favorite.
2: Ouch. Well, <laughs> I'd say seventh favorite. <laughs> I'm going to keep that opinion to myself. Uh, do you think there's a such thing as a parent having their favorite? I really don't. Uh, Jeff has surprised me in the past few years. Uh, I used to. Hollard. We obviously
0: know my uncles <clears throat> and my aunt will probably listen to this podcast, so. I don't think
2: <laughs> I used to holler at them when they were little. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't care what you do in life. Right. Be good at it. Right. You know, run yeah. a straight path. Don't tell any lies because that way you don't get your ass in trouble. No lies. And Jeff wandered around. He was very good welding. And I told him and his Irish twin brother, Stephen Greg.
1: Gregory.
0: Greg.
2: Both of you. Need to stay in school, and get in electronics. Both of them played with electronics in in middle school. Yeah. And bang, Jeff got burnt, went back be an IT tech. And I, mm-hmm. when he, I found out he's doing that. Yeah, right. You know, he didn't <laughs> listen before. And he's was damn just good as at it. Yeah. He is really good at it. Ask him; he'll tell you. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're I don't blame him. It. It's something that he should be proud of.
0: It is. You're absolutely right. And to be, he uh, stepped at his age right up into
2: that. the modern world yep. and embraced that technology. Yep. And, and he is damn good at it.
0: Right. So, who is my great grandfather? Who is your father? Hubert Gilman Hermanson. So, tell me about him. As your, I still admire
2: him. Uh, He never finished. I went through seventh grade. The man could speak two languages. Great grandpa went
0: through only. Great grandpa only graduated. I mean, he only went through to seventh grade. Right. Okay. Okay.
2: Because there was uh, nine kids in the family. I think it was nine, and uh, being about the oldest, he went out and worked and brought my, his paycheck back home yeah and back in those days <clears throat> and I did that for a while <clears throat> you work at a farm for fondle and found you get so much pay and then they'd feed you and give you a place to sleep
0: right <clears throat> and what year were you born 1938. Okay, so this was after uh, our depression, our Great Depression. Um, right
2: after the depression. So we kind of saw that before the,
0: WW2. Right, just we have seen the rise of the the American economy. We're seeing um, a positive end of it, um, and we can see World War One, uh, or World War Two, excuse me, right on the brink at that yeah. point. Okay. And
2: I kind of grew up in World War Two in a shipyard.
0: Okay. My so dad, where were you living at? Where were you born? <coughs>
2: where, were you, Spring Grove, Minnesota. Oh. And then the folks moved to Des Moines, Iowa, and then uh, shortly after that, we moved to Sparta, Wisconsin. Dad was working for a guy who was uh, salvaging tractors and repairing them, and the war broke out, and his brother stayed on the farm. His other brother joined the Navy, and Dad, they put him in a shipyard.
0: To build and fix boats?
2: In Seneca, Illinois. Oh. on the illinois river we build the boats lsds launch them
0: what's an lst
2: uh landing ship uh okay. you see them in the movies oh the bow oh, opens up oh yeah 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 and like the, the tanks drive out that what was the
0: uh, d-day normandy right uh yeah. normandy beach landing yep. right?
1: so uh he's actually got a model of it in his uh desk area
0: so oh, okay so next
1: time you're over there check it out
0: okay it's sweet. so you admired great grandpa um you it uh, sounds like you liked his work ethic
2: he was a taskmaster, too, but they kind of let me run, too. Okay. And when I'd fall down, they'd pick me, How many pick me and up and look at me and say, have you learned anything? <laughs> you know, he'd always point at his head tap it, say, use that. <laughs> I had a sister that was old, eight years older than me, and my brother was eight years younger, and
0: he was born yeah.
2: after the war. Okay. And I got to ride two ships when they were launched
0: i bet that was awesome
2: that was awesome i was in kindergarten at first grade
0: and that still sticks with you
2: and then i got to ride the tugboat to push them back in right so that was
0: awesome that is that's why i joined the navy so okay so um what about i can't hear you oh pull up your earphones. there we go there we go yeah they're slipping off it's that hermit ear yeah
1: yeah
0: um so um what did you not like about Grandpa? Great Grandpa. Hmm. Saying task a taskmaster. I assume he was a hard-ass. Not he, real hard-ass, but I rules. mean, you knew.
2: He had rules. Yeah. He had paws on him like clubs, and mm-hmm You knew. Yep. Uh, just no messing around. Right was right. Wrong was wrong. And I never, you know, you don't, lies with them right right <clears throat> and mom was about the same they they both worked
0: who, hard who did you probably admire the most who were you closer to your mom or your dad
2: Hmm. not really either one more than the other it was i had a good family okay uh we had no all our jobs were not Oh, this is a girl job and this is a boy job. If, if something had to be done, you did it. Okay. We didn't separate. My brother, uh, my sister drove cream trucks. And,
0: oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And,
2: uh, that's awesome. I drove cream truck when I was fourteen.
0: Probably was <laughs> about the time uh, that it was okay to do that. Yeah. Were you well, closer we, to one sibling over
2: another? Not really. We were too far apart. Eight years. Okay. Both ways. Uh, I used. To, picked on my sister and consequently she never did like me <laughs> and uh, was she the younger she's no. the oldest she's the oldest oh okay okay yeah donna was eight years older than me and Hermes eight years younger
0: okay so you're right in the middle there smack in the middle you have middle child syndrome as they say yeah kind of did your own thing yep yep and they assume uh uncle or uh, grandpa hermy or uncle it would be uncle Hermie. Yeah. yeah uncle hermy he uncle Hermes. i'm just assuming he was more of a mommy's boy right Mommy's boy. He was sick. Nope.
2: Had bad uh, joints, bones. He had knee surgery, and uh, well,
0: he is a tall motherfucker too. <laughs> he takes after my mom's <laughs> side of the family. So, someone had to get it because we didn't get it, yeah. obviously. No. <laughs> reader, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, um, you graduate high school. Graduated high school. What year was that? Uh, nineteen fifty-six.
2: Okay. Then you went. Straight to the military? You went straight to the navy. Graduated high school, worked that summer. Found out my wife, my girlfriend at the time, was pregnant. And would that be
0: my <coughs> grandma Jewel?
2: Yep. Okay. And so we got married, and I had already signed up. I signed up the navy when I was junior.
0: So you were basically 18, 19 years old, and you find out I'm gonna be a father. I was 18. Yep. And you did. You said, "I can't fuck around anymore. I gotta be. I gotta be a dad." Yeah. Okay. And
2: I would already signed up for the Navy, so I couldn't get out of that.
0: Right. Yeah, they don't like that. But, so, what was um, what was your ex- quick experience in the Navy? What was? I mean, we've had long conversations, and I love this um, this deep history of the military um, uh, with you. You served on your first ship was the USS Investigator, right? That was the ship I finally
2: found out
0: got on. I was on a
2: sub for a month. Oh wow! And then, holy uh, cow. And they found out they'd screwed up my orders, so I got slapped on this radar ship, which was a converted liberty ship from World War II. Okay. And we had the most sophisticated radar
0: at that time. Right. We could track a bird. So, you know what I find interesting about your story of this is um, I'm a firm believer in knowing as much as I can and finding out the information. <coughs> I have tried to look up the USS Investigator. Um, it's out there. it could be found. Um its ship records of what it did are semi-classified stuff, uh-huh. so um, I'm sure we can't get too much trouble. But um, go under Liberty
2: ships, look for USS. Uh, I got that information at home. It was a Liberty ship during World War II, carrying cargo. Kay. They brought it in down at Norfolk and they revamped it, put all the radar
0: on. What your what yours was this? That they that you were on the ship,
2: uh, I got on that what spring of '57. Okay,
0: so this is pre Cold War. This is uh, pre Cold War, pre Vietnam.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And we were
2: tracking anything going out and into the United States.
0: So they called it the Do Line. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I find that remarkably um, interesting because there is um, for the listeners that don't know there is an imaginary right correct me if I'm wrong there's an imaginary line around the continent of America correct. and that line is called the dew line and that is the point of no return for you're going to get your ass kicked if you come any closer Correct. okay and so your job on that was it's your radar right we had your
2: uh, gun, gunman we had five more ra- five radar different radars On the ship we tracked anything and everything we could tell you the height speed and just about the size of the plane
0: but that was and
2: we called everything in and then they have a IFF and we contact plane turn your IFF on and you get three little lines in front of it all right we knew that was friendly but we call everything in to the shore because we were out at sea right and if something was suspicious, then they'd set a flight of jets out and check them out. Can you imagine?
1: Don't respond to them. The hey. ironic part about World this, Champs.
2: We're on our way. We're gonna thanks you. During World War II, <laughs> my dad's one brother was in the Navy, and I'm talking to him when I got out. He was in Alaska for a while during World War II mm-hmm. on the new radar. They just invented it. And he was tracking stuff up there.
0: Yeah, because the original uh, radar detection system they planned, that's how they found out about the attack on Pearl Harbor, was um, they were testing out radar and saying, yeah, hey, man. we got a flock of birds coming this way. Yeah. And they said, no, it's a squadron of, you know, they're probably just out on uh, test track. They
2: had a flight of bombers coming in from the States. Yeah. They mistook it.
0: So, um, so you become a father at a ripe old age of 19, 20 years old. Um, and uh, you moved around quite a bit, you were in the Navy, you moved around quite a bit as well. Uh, I know stories of you being in Texas. Uh, uh, where else did you move? Oh no, you were going to move to Texas, weren't you?
2: No, that's Greg and Rick. Yeah, you never No, did. I thought
0: you were going to go down to Texas and, and open up a boat shop. Australia. Australia. <laughs> Those are worlds apart. The other side of the map. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what were you scared about for being a father? What the uh... responsibility and be real honest
2: with you, and I've even now I'm afraid for my grand great grandchildren and that because of what's going on in the world. We just aren't learning. There's stuff you, you mentioned uh, segregation and you know, and that I run into that the first time. I was raised if you did your job, you're fine. I don't we care all believe
0: color you are. Yeah,
2: we all bleed. We're all human (laughs) beings. Right, right, right. And God made us all. Right, right. And I get into service, and I'm down in Norfolk on a bus going to the base. And this colored gal gets on. I'd say late 60s. You could tell. I think she was a, a maid at some house. She was beat. The bus was full. I did what I was taught to do. I got up. Offered her my seat.
0: Who gives a driver, shit what people think? I'm doing the right thing.
2: Well, I didn't even cross my mind. This is what you're supposed to do.
0: That's very stand
2: up. And the bus driver pulled over, and he told her to get up. I would have, can't you don't do that down there, right? And we had a little argument. They threatened to throw me off the bus. <laughs> I rode on the bus to the base. That didn't happen. Right. I told them this farm boy isn't going to. You know, I you know inv- who the fuck I am. I, I invited him. <laughs> she stayed okay, in the I seat.
0: Do that. Yeah,
2: but it—that's the first. Do you guys time want to know I where I, I get my it.
0: orneriness from? It's from Hubert R. <laughs> right there. Yeah.
2: And I can't believe we're still going through this. I just don't understand it.
0: I don't either. I don't. I, I don't. How can some people still have that mentality after all this time? But my theory is... I think
2: that's everybody has that mentality. Yeah, there's some... Right.
0: But I think it does come back to how you were raised. I think if you were raised well... It's got to be
2: changed in the house.
0: Correct. Correct. That's where it's got to change. Quick little thing on on race. Uh, You know what I find so amazing is I've done my very best to make sure my kids weren't introduced to um, uh, bigotry terms and stuff like that. did my very best. I failed a lot, but... With Blake, my youngest, he's eight. I, I, um, I just didn't even have that part of my vocabulary. And I remember it was last year, a year and a half ago, something like that. He was first grade, second grade, and I said uh, he was talking to me about one of his friends, and his name's like Bakari or something like that. And I said, "Is he a black kid?" And he goes, "What does that matter?" And I thought, "I fucking won! <laughs> I fucking won! You guys, yeah, I cracked the code. You yeah. just don't, don't like. You have to talk about it to fix it." But if you don't make it part of your vocabulary, I think that's a huge thing. And you know, I raised my kids based on the values that my father raised me and based on the the values of what his father raised him. And I think that's how we end up with decent kids in this world that do good things. So you had your first child, uh, you're scared shitless. Um, Was there anything about your father that you looked at and said, like little check marks, uh, yes, I'm gonna do this, no, I'm not gonna do this. What were some of those things?
2: Well, I knew when I got out of service, you know, I got a job. You'd be honorable, and you'd show your kid that and show them how to work. And, you know, there's rules. Like Jeff said, I had a lot of rules. Yep. And I enforced them. If I could go back in time, I'd like to do it different and then see, you know, how it turned out.
0: But you had... Six kids, so you it was trial and error every time. Uh, so I first born was Rick, and uh, I worked two full jobs,
2: two, two full-time jobs. I worked during the day at the gas company, mm-hmm. and I worked at night at uh, Waconia Sorghum Mill. Okay. I run the mill. Okay. I get about three and a half, four hours sleep a day. Yeah, and you come home. If I had that to do over again, I'd do it different because you're tired. You're not the really two in your jobs best, thing. Yeah, that
0: you're talking about. Yeah,
2: and I've always worked. I 25, 30 years. I've had two, three, just different jobs at the same mm-hmm. time. And it's, it's not good for raising a family, but it's good for feeding them.
0: Well, no, you're not wrong about that. Yeah. So you're, um, you're taking the value of your father of a good work ethic, um, and you're gonna instill this now in your life, and hopefully your kids will see that and instill that in their life. What? what was it about your dad that you didn't like basically nothing i've thought about that over the years uh do you think that you've got mature and you just said it wasn't worth being mad at him about or are you thinking that maybe he really was damn near perfect
2: Well, go back i was a middle child uh my sister was a problem child she was running around and then my brother was born and he was sick all the time. Basically, they didn't really have a lot of time for me and I was on my own. Right. I raised hell and put a stick under it and had a lot of fun. I should have been studying. And uh got in a lot of trouble.
0: What's some um, what's this trouble that you speak of though?
2: Oh, drag racing. Uh <laughs> Pulled a cop out of a car one night, bitch slapped him a couple times, told him he isn't going to follow me around anymore. You could do that back then. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. You could get by with it back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the reason I got by with some of that is because they knew my dad.
0: That's fair. He'd
2: walk right straight up to you and put you out.
0: It's the opposite now. If I ever mention my father, they'll put me in prison.
2: Yeah, so (laughs) I'm
0: gone. (laughs) That's something to remember. uh, So you... uh, an order of kids it was Rick Rick Jill Greg Jeff Clark Scott okay um, so you had a good um, a good helping of a little bit of everything I know each kid is just gonna be a little bit different in their own personality whatever yeah. and you call Greg my dad's Irish twin what's um, for those that don't know what is that
2: well they were born within a
0: year of each other you guys were busy okay yeah this was, is before the invention of TV we had a private room in the hospital <laughs>
1: we're the same age for two days out of the year
0: yeah yeah and yeah and i know that you and uncle greg do have a very close relationship yeah i love that um when you look at your father dad when you look at your father grandpa raising you you earlier said um he was strict. yeah
1: do
0: you think that was do you look at that now saying thing that was beneficial or do you think you know what asshole? You, yeah. could have, you could have loosened that belt just a little bit more.
1: I think at the time, the 60s, late 60s, 70s, that sort of thing, the way the world was, I think he uh, did great. Because uh, I think everything happens for a reason.
0: <laughs>
1: Excuse me. And, uh, it's
0: that old smoker's cough right there.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, getting over influenza. Hey. But uh, uh, I'm glad he did the things that he did. Uh, I'm glad he didn't change anything. If he were to say, I wish i go back in time and and change something and see how it works, like you just said, I wouldn't agree with that. I think uh, what you did, uh, you did great. Look at me, where I'm at today. Uh, look at my kids. Do
0: like, you think that Grandpa understood what it was like to be you in the 60s and 70s? Do you think he understood
2: No, he what didn't that have, was? He Do didn't you think have he, time. didn't have time. He did not yeah. have time. He's, well, part of the problem at that time, one of my jobs was I was uh, – I worked with Cedar Rapids Police Department.
0: Yeah. By the way, someday we will have a nice episode about this because uh, boys and girls out there, my grandfather has some amazing stories about working for the police department. So, so, uh, and
2: I've seen a lot of crap going on with these young kids. Drugs were really coming in and it scared me and I wanted him to toe the line. And I think I got tougher. Mm Mm-hmm. And looking back at it now, I don't think it helped.
0: Okay. That's just personal So you you have a little regret on how tight you were.
2: Well, I think everybody, if you look back at your life, you'd like to change some things. Oh, God, I should have done that a little different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So my listeners know that I have um, uh, three massive addictions in my life. I have the addiction to be accepted, wanted, and understood. I have an addiction with uh, sex, and I have an addiction to cocaine. So I've had to learn how to work through this. I battled it. Dad has been there most of the time. Um, I've been clean for uh, two months now. Um, well, a little under two months uh, from cocaine. Sex, not so much, but <laughs> baby steps.
2: You never get away from that.
0: Um, how and- old are you now, Dad? I always, I always wondered if my father had more of an open relationship with me and told me about his addiction to cocaine. If he was more serious with me about it. Would that have changed my life? And I don't know the answer but I do know that I have been completely open and honest with uh, my older two kids about this. And uh, So, we tried to learn obviously what is right and what's wrong.
1: I think I was uh, ashamed of what I was doing
0: because I knew it was
1: destroying me and Cindy's relationship. I knew it wasn't a good role model for my kids to
0: see, sort of
1: thing, because uh, staying out late and all that stuff and uh, hanging with unsavory, spending that money, and uh, just it wasn't good. And so, it wasn't a proud moment in my life. I think it lasted uh maybe six months maybe uh but uh
0: that's and you went to um you went to rehab right is that the under- story i understood it was you went to rehab yeah for cocaine? so
1: it was kind of a uh i need to go to rehab to uh get everybody off my back uh right. not including family other outside right. sources uh right. so
0: do you knew that he had a drug addiction right not, um,
1: not until they found out that one night Rick came over and said, uh, "Hey, you got a call from CRPD. We're gonna take him down." Am I correct on that? Yeah.
0: Okay, so you guys kind of knew, like, hey, just some deep shit.
2: Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Um, do you think when you heard that, do you think you did you felt like you failed as a dad? Um,
2: yes, you- but also I was taking in consideration the times uh when you're young and running around i did things when i was young running around for the crowd i was running with my peers or right, whatever
0: right right i mean i mean that's drag how i racing got... yeah
2: getting in fights you know drinking if you seen my car i had back then a uh, five gallon milk can it was always full of beer
0: attaboy yeah <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> My old Chevy had a hump trunk on it. I had that line with ton, uh, tin. I'd throw ice in there. I had beer in there, whiskey, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a rolling bar. And you do you with that your with your peers. And drugs were kind of rampant back then. And I think a lot of people didn't know the ramifications of it.
0: I think you're right. <clears throat>
2: And the other thing, I'll go back working too goddamn many jobs. I should have been home taking them out fishing, you know, or doing something.
0: Do you think that is your biggest regret? Yes. Not being more. Not of being that, there. That, uh, Lever to Beaver father, right? Yeah. What was this? What was the. Ward. Ward. Ward Cleaver. Yep. I don't know if that's the right answer. Um, but, uh, hell, who knows what the right answer would have been. You know what I mean?
2: Like I say, let's go back 50 years and do mm-hmm. it different,
0: yeah. and I'll tell you what's good and bad. Right. Give me three shots at this. Yeah. Give me three shots. Yeah. The first way, the second way, and then the right way. Yeah. And I'm happy to do it. Um, So <laughs> do you think that it was society that conformed, uh, uh, pressured you into to the working and to just drinking beer i mean really uh, i'm sure back in the 50s uh, 40s and 50s there wasn't a massive drug issue right no they didn't um, even know what drugs were so till i got in the navy okay that's probably fair damn navy men um so so society is saying we don't we're not really giving anything to be in trouble with and the things we are going to get in trouble with are hot rodding um, drinking beer, but really there wasn't an underage drinking thing back then. Um, you could drink and drive back in back in the day. Uh, so it sounds like there wasn't enough restrictions on society back then, or at least there was nothing really in society back then to.
2: Get you Everybody away. coming back from World War II, it was kind of free society. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules on the road was safe and sane. Mm-hmm. If you were driving 90 miles an hour down the road, you're doing it safe and that they wouldn't say too much. You didn't do it in town, which I did, but, you know. And you probably knew the sheriff anyway. And there was three of us and walk-on and own motorcycles. Well, you're a hoodlum, <laughs> you know.
0: So I'm, sure, I'm sure. I
2: joined the hoodlums. Yeah. And uh, that's just the way it was.
0: Right. And, Dad, you grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. <clears throat> you grew up and lived through the most... <laughs> Toxic drug uh, uh, phase oh, of so our rampant. history. It was um, rampant. Cocaine came into the states in the eighties. Uh, LSD was uh, uh, no.
1: Cocaine was 60s Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Sixties.
0: Okay. Yep. So, um, your friend group, what, were, what was kind of like? What were they doing for drugs?
1: It was just marijuana. Uh, the only time I seen anything other than marijuana is when Rip come back from the service, and he had hash from Germany. Yeah and uh and then he met some people that were doing coke Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: he brought that home too uh i never did any of the hash
0: or the coke did you see your older brother doing it and think i'm gonna do that or did you say dad never found out dad never knew or whatever and now honestly
1: i i seen him doing it and i just didn't want it i thought well and at that time i think i was 14 and i think i was just experimenting with marijuana and uh i would drink his beer Oh my God, old Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but that was about the extent. Then uh, it was just marijuana. So
0: did you, uh, Grandpa? Did you? Um, how did you deal with being sad? Depression um, was that? I don't even know if that was really a thing back in the forties, fifties. I think it, it was just. I mean, like I say, gluten is brand new. Like they just invented it five years ago. You know what I mean? Like were you sad were you um depressed did you uh, feel sorry for yourself did you regret um things you said or ways you acted and it's set with you for so long
2: no i mean it that's the way of life back then it a lot of things go on and i hear oh they need therapy for this and that <laughs> oh, right right and they go oh, what yeah get over it yeah learn from your mistake don't sit in pity potty on it mm-hmm. all right you did this you screwed up don't do it again right think about it like my dad used to tap the head say use it use use that brain
0: agreed, agreed. and
2: the things i did you know i raised hell put a stick under it and just a second i gotta intervene what's put a stick under it
0: means <laughs> it's like the third time you said it too yeah
2: i gotta know <laughs> Raise hell and put a stick under it. It was an old saying, and I don't really know what it means. That's what the folks used to say. So.
0: Oh well, they're, they're, I like it. I'm gonna yeah. use it now. I yeah. might use it as a tagline. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> put a stick under it. Hey, woman, come here.
1: I'm gonna put a stick under
0: it. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's reference oh, to. Yeah. Um, when you were growing up, Dad, do you um do you same question to you? Do you have um regrets about things you said, ways you acted, um? Uh, where was depression at um in your younger years uh
1: i don't think i've ever had depression in the younger years uh i know there's times i've uh, said something and i've regretted it but then you just go back to school you know, like do a girl i said oh i like you or whatever and she has nothing to do with me right and so that's that regret and so but you just you deal with it and you go uh depression didn't hit until clark yep. uh and i went through 10 years of uh dealing with that but uh
0: so that's kind of what i'm uh getting to is uh for listeners out there bad um, times yeah um i had an uncle clark it was my dad's brother uh grandpa's son uh he uh, committed suicide um he was sad um now we can have our inside stories about that and um have our opinions on it obviously but i mean the reality is um he wasn't doing well and uh When you, obviously, when we all got the news, it was horrific. Now we've had many, many years to uh, uh, look back at this. Grandpa, you just said that, um, you said, get over it. Um, You know, I hear that as depression is in your head. um, That sadness is in your head, and you can change that. And I agree with you 100%. I think only you can change how... Upset you are how sad you are and how it affects you um, when you heard about Clark's passing um, what was did you have that mentality then as well or did, did that you I wasn't
2: depressed I was pissed
0: <clears throat> do you think that Clark was super smart he was a he was fucking smart, s- super smart. Yep, Clark uh, went through 200 years of medical school to uh, he to was a doctor. hospital
2: administration he took all the foreign digri- dignitaries and walked them around the hospital. He could talk to you today and get your wife's name, your kid's name, and not see you for a year, and he'd remember. He is he, right, he he never old, old had doctors. a rough spot in his life mm-hmm. other than getting spun off the merry-go-round, breaking his <laughs> leg. He got married, and I'll say my... Thoughts on that, and had three kids, and and things really got rough. She, he did not know how to handle it. Well, I think the rest of the kids got in trouble, yep. got their ass arrested, and everything else, and they started learning how to deal with the bad side of life. He never did, and she worked on it, and it depressed him. He never really confronted or brought that story. To us, as parents, his right. siblings. Yeah, he kept that to himself. And he let it. He was too proud. That was it right there. Yeah. Just, and he just let it uh, get a hold of him. And he pulled the car in the garage and left it running.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and he was, he was a hospital administration, went back to college, and became a doctor. And I read four books on suicide. I thought I'm going to educate myself on it now to help me through this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And at that, on the books that I read, it was little over 80 percent of the suicides at that time were in the medical field. Stressful. Very Stress. stressful.
0: I don't. Um,
2: and it split our family. I mean, it just dumped us.
0: I. I. I yeah it yeah, did it the aftermath of he was of a that nucleus
2: event. the kids would all get together who brought it up clark yeah he'd come up and they'd get yep. a few beers and have a right. session down at jill's house
0: you know and <laughs> the blue house <laughs> is that the, the right it was blue You get to the swing set up front right
2: yep. yeah that's it
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it was more than just a few beers that's and then one that podcast. happened it's a whole other podcast yeah So you read all these books um and uh uh you you educated yourself that's i mean hell that's noble grandpa that's that's awesome um do you think that um you understood after that what happened with clark
2: i don't think anybody ever really understands suicide but i got an insight on what other people went through and their stories yeah, I think the biggest thing about depression and suicide, Nat, they get the person gets so wrapped up in their own thoughts they get, they quit thinking about everybody else
0: yep. and yep.
2: beat me up for saying this but it's a chicken shit way of doing it
0: yep. you know. Well, you're speaking to two survivors of suicide as well so, yeah.
2: yep, so.
0: Uh, and dad, you um uh, probably last 15 years your depression has spiraled uh coastered, right yep um so uh i walked in i got a, a gut feeling one night sitting down with dinner with my family and with my kids and uh, uh my i was with my mom or my son's mom at the time and uh, i down, i got a gut feeling and i said hey i gotta something's not right i knew it and uh text cindy and asked if uh, cindy's my stepmom which, uh you guys have been married for 30 years 32 32 years um and uh text everything okay and then that's when i found out that uh, you tried to kill yourself so what what led you to that point
1: well so uh the difference between me and clark is uh, uh clark had a uh, depression going on with uh, his relationship with his wife uh probably pressure from a uh, uh trying to feed his family. Uh, there was huge pressure trying to uh, keep up with the Joneses uh, and still trying to pay for medical school and all that stuff where my depression was from it started from June 15 2005.
0: What happened on June
1: 15, 2005? Uh, I got uh, blown up and, uh, and so uh, that just kind of uh, started uh, a roller coaster there. You know with your highs and lows and then one day it was like uh, I wasn't thinking uh, I was only thinking about myself and uh, I thought uh, this is it I'm done and so yeah. barbecue
2: man yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, uh, listeners out there my father was uh, working for a power plant uh, it's a waste energy incinerator The incinerator uh, backed up, uh, got really hot. Uh, He was maintenance. He was just coming off his shift. He saw the issue. He ran up to save the day. Tried to be Superman, um, and uh, it it blew up right in front of him. uh, Knocked him uh, to the back of the gate. He was two stories up. Uh, He was hospitalized for a very long time and uh, physical recovery. What was that? A year and a half? Two years?
1: Uh, Three years for that. But how uh,
0: much of your body? What was the?
1: Sixty-five percent whole body burn. It was thirty-eight percent skin graft. And uh, the whole body is uh, the area where they uh, took graphs. And uh, uh, some of it was uh, second degree as well.
0: So you weren't mad that you got blown up, right? You weren't sad about that. Was it uh, what people looked at you and thought of you, right? I remember a story you told me. You and uh, Cindy sat down at Chili's.
1: No, it wasn't Chili's. It was actually a restaurant called Flamingo on Ellis Boulevard. And we just got there when they opened up. I think it was four o'clock or whatever. And this is the first time I went out in public, the very first time I went out in public since the burn with just shorts on and short sleeve shirt. And uh, because I'm going through therapy and uh, trying to be good with myself and, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And this uh, four top sat right next to us right after we sat down. We're the only ones in the restaurant.
0: Except and, for this other four top that yeah. they set right next to you,
1: and they are older people like Dad, and uh, yeah, blame it on me. fucking boomers. Yeah, <laughs> fucking boomers. I'm a boomer. I know. <laughs> but uh, the lady, uh, kind of looking at me, and my arms are up. and I'm looking at the menu. She says out loud where I could hear it, "Oh my God, look at his arms!" And I went from being five foot nine down to uh, one foot one, and uh, just the worst thing ever
0: yeah the biggest thing i remember you telling that story and from that day forward i made it my life mission to not stare to not judge if i saw somebody in a wheelchair i go up to him and go hey man what happened so you lost your arm you don't have an arm uh one of my uh uh uh, my employees here is uh he lost an arm in uh, a harvesting accident when he was really young uh and uh one of the first questions in my mouth was, <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude, but I got to know. What happened? Tell me about your arm. And that's what he told me. And I learned from that experience, Father, that you, it, it, it means more. You would have been happy to explain the story to her. I'm sorry that this bothers you. I'm sorry oh, no. it's disgusting to you. Um, but this is my story. And I think she would have understood it a lot better. Yeah. Um,
1: instead of being just uh, judgmental. so rude. I don't know if it was even judgmental. It was ignorance. Uh, it was simple-minded thinking. Uh, why Why would she say something like that? And so uh, she right. just had no right. care.
2: That's part of our problem in society. Nobody thinks about the other person's feelings. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, you know, yep. I've had him come up to me and, well, you know, I'm disabled now. Artificial leg in that. Yeah. But you can still walk.
0: That's right. You can still do something. Right. Could. You know, This could be a, a successful member of society. Look at
2: the positive side. You know, you're fishing.
0: Yeah. You
2: snap the line back. You get a fish hook in your arm. Don't piss and moan about that. Just be glad it didn't go in your eye. Look at the positive <laughs> side. Are, are you talking about when I was young and I did that? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's what he's talking about.
0: Oh, you and Greg. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm the only guy I know that I hook my own nose with a fish hook. <laughs> <laughs> did I hook you with a fish hook too yeah when we we're fishing yeah. out Ellis so. yeah um uh yeah we'll just have to do a podcast sometime of just uh talking stories maybe we'll get I got more to mics in a then period we'll of time and cut
2: the barbs uh, off the hooks when i give them <laughs> <laughs> at least you can pull them back
0: out yeah <laughs> uh, that's good yeah <clears throat> so I understand that um one thing I've learned from both of you is grow the fuck up, you are in control of what happens next. Yeah, it's nobody else's problem. Uh, it took me a long time. And I grew up in a generation, I thought I grew up in the world's greatest generation, I really do. Um, of course, I'm gonna say that, but we had everything. And we didn't have a lot of problems. Um, we had probably the fewest problems in my generation, than any we didn't have any major wars. Um, the drug epidemic was uh, now being discussed. Racism uh, was being discussed. There were there were solutions on the horizon. Yeah, they were talking about it seriously at that time. Right. Uh, 80s, <coughs> 90s. Um, and I think uh, so but, and as I've grown up and I've learned this is that there is a part of your brain that doesn't develop until your mid-20s and we were just talking about this. That's- I don't remember the name of it but um, and, uh, and I was talking to Dad about this, and he says, uh, "I remember when I did this. When yeah, I remember I that light bulb." Twenty-five. It was like a light
1: bulb turning on.
0: And mine was thirty-one, I think, is what it was. My light bulb. So everyone does it a little bit differently. Um, and uh, the last three years of my Just life second. has been Dad, the Did
2: you ever have an epiphany like that? Oh, kind of. And basically, mine hit me when I was in the Navy.
1: Huh.
2: You know, and we had a.
1: So you are old, uh, younger than twenty-five. You would 19. Have been, yeah, you would have been 19. Huh. All right.
0: Crazy how that works, huh?
2: So yeah. Well, we had a little deal over across Italy and northern Africa, and they sent our ship over, and we were Syria, I think, if I remember right, at that time. This is in the 57, 58. This
0: is before the United States bought Syria. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and we were guiding and. We had airplanes running in there. So we were running radar for them. And not shit. Better get it together. You know, you could end it right now. Yep.
0: Well, that's the idea anyway. We could yeah. but could we? So I I learned so much. Um I was blessed with a very amazing side of my father's family um, I do appreciate my mom's side of the family but that's a different <laughs> that's a whole nother uh, yeah, a different podcast. Um, but uh, I am very grateful that I was born into this family
2: um, yeah a good grandma too. grandma jewel yep love that one
0: I hope that every person in this world can carry on a piece of grandma jewel um, but uh, three years ago it was that epiphany it was that uh, light bulb after my epiphany to have another epiphany that was, I have to change. I have to do something different with my life. And at that moment, every word you said, Grandpa, came back to me, everything. I had no idea what happened. Everything that I felt my father was right about came back to me at that moment. And that's when I decided I'm gonna get my shit together and I still am getting there. But, uh, you know, I have to thank you guys for that. Uh, and the point I'm
2: 85. I'm still working on getting all my shit together. So don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: uh, It'll take
2: a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I told Chase, I don't want to go past 80. So I hope I got shit figured out by that.
1: Okay. You got a goal.
0: Yep. Yep. So before we leave, um, <clears throat> is there anything, uh, Grandpa, is there anything that you think would be beneficial to... 20% of the population here
2: I think we all got to sit down and look at where we're at and I think uh, we need to not that I'm toting religion or anything but say a prayer and thank whoever where you're at and the positive things that you have right build on that and go and remember we all have a soul and we all bleed we're no different
0: that's right that's all that's right
2: dad
1: uh so word of wise uh i think uh just don't be a hero and try to uh pretend like you're gonna help put a fire out that was a life-changing event for me <laughs> and
2: uh that comes from the barbecue man
1: <laughs> yep and i think everybody's gonna have their ups and downs and life and stuff like that just it's that life-changing uh, thing that you want to stay away from. So let the professionals do their job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any organizations out there that you think um, helped you? Um, uh, either helped through uh, maybe a loss in the family, maybe uh, there was uh, a mental illness, maybe it was something. Is there any community organization that you think um, is important?
1: Uh. Well, uh, I'm kind of on dad's uh, side for that one, Uh, grow the fuck up, be a man, Uh, if you go to a therapy session, you're just going to be the one talking, you're going to be the one figuring it out, so figure it out, guys, just figure it out, but uh, I think the uh, most awesome thing I have for me, not anybody here, is uh, the first week of February is always dedicated to Burn Awareness Month, and so uh that's just my kind of time to uh walk around uh with my
0: chin up near it's like have you done any thing have you went to a, uh, a burn victims uh, group uh, to talk about your story or anything like that
1: yeah and so uh when you uh once you're out of uh recovery and all that stuff uh you uh get to go into groups and uh uh they have one they have one uh at the University of Iowa uh, every Tuesday, you're welcome to go there, get free cookies, drink. There you go. And uh, you can talk about it and stuff like that. Uh, oh, no, it's Thursday because Tuesday
2: is uh, open clinic in case you have an issue.
0: When's the sexual one where you go for your porn addiction? Do you know that one?
2: Yeah. That's yeah, it's down on the other side of the railroad tracks. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's online. Uh, when's the meeting, Grandpa? I'll go with it, you.
2: It's called Keep Five Alive. <laughs>
0: A bit. I'm gonna get sued. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time Thank today you. uh, on doing appreciate this. Um, and uh, you know, uh, <coughs> it was very important for me that my first episode be with my kids, and, and they get to hear um, uh, the type of person I got to be. And now yeah,
2: your story. And now,
0: yep. and now, um, and now uh, everyone gets to hear where I come from, um, and uh, that uh, I. From unbelievable that, that we are who we are because of who we came from. And, uh, these two, fine gentlemen yeah. are,
2: I always mentioned to my kids growing up, I really don't care what you do for a living. I want you to be good at it
0: and be honest. I wish you would have told him that.
1: Yeah. Actually, he, and, he said, I don't care if you're
0: a garbage man,
1: just be the best at it.
0: So yeah. Do you know what he used to tell me? He used to say, I know we're supposed to get off the air, but I, he used to tell me, he said, uh, 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 he used to my ass for being a dj right he would say fucking find a real job and blah 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 i remember this and uh and he was right he really was um but now i uh manage uh one of the most successful um, bars in town based on because I, I mean i got the job because i was a dj i mean it was a, a lucky sprint you got a good job fuck <laughs> i love my job and you're doing good at it thank you thank you uh, yeah. and i get paid uh, keep it up. decent to do this i get paid yeah. good to do this so good um, and then, obviously, um, in three to five years, all my plan will come to fruition, and I'll but be able to retire. Getting, if you're getting so much money, I don't see no
2: goddamn cookies.
0: No, no, no cookies. Yeah, you're going to give sandwiches. us no. No sandwiches. No, 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 no. And no had sandwiches. We got to drive
2: ourselves down Yeah, and here. We had I to said What's the limo?
0: I said show up. Oh. I, I don't know what cookies. I brought crown royal, but you guys said we're not drinking, so
1: yeah. I'm still, uh, I'm still
0: uh, we feeling well. after yeah. a week. <laughs> I know. it. Well, perfect. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Love you, Justin um, David. I love you guys so much. And uh Love you.
2: you take care. Yeah, thank you. Keep thank up you. the good work.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks. Heck yeah. I really love that episode. I hope you guys did as well. That was my father, Jeff, and my grandfather, Hubie. Um, and uh I appreciate you guys uh, joining me on this episode today. Um, as you guys could probably hear in, in the episode itself, I got a little touchy feely, um, a little bit in my feels and that's okay, right? It's okay to, um, feel that way. Anyway, um, I promised you at the beginning of the episode that we would be announcing some things. So coming up, starting on Sunday nights, we are starting, uh, uh, um, you can now hear uh, new part of Bad Influence podcast. We're going to call it The Journal. Basically, it's just a little uh, chit chat with you and I. And um, maybe I'm talking about my week. Maybe we're talking about things coming up. What I'm really hoping we can stem from that is the communication on uh, social media Facebook, um, Spotify um, has a little comment section you can use as well. That's where I'd like to respond to our listeners. And kind of go from there. Maybe we'll have a guest on that day. Maybe we won't. But there'll be short ones. um, And kind of go from there. We'll also be uh, introducing um, Emma Swalla. will be starting her own podcast very soon. Um, We're going to start the recording phase this Thursday. um, And uh, she will be probably releasing that here in the next two or three weeks. So that will be under um, the Bad Influence umbrella. We are recording our first series of experts um, starting this week as well. So um, in addition to hearing my friends and family and acquaintances um, here in town, I am bringing in some experts on different subjects. This is where I need you guys to go ahead and reach out to me as well. Let me know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. If there was a guest we had and you really want to hear them back, please let me know. Um... I know that in a couple of weeks we have uh, Emma Swalla back again, uh, Dean will be back, um, we have a new guest uh, that's going to be joining us, it's, it's going to be four of us on the microphones that day, so hopefully a lot of fun for you guys as it was for us. So at the beginning of the episode I also mentioned that I um, uh, had some changes in my career and I am no longer with um, that location, uh, with that company. That's it. That's 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 the news for that one, um, and I think that's it for today. Um, Blake is waiting for me to wrap this production up so we can get to bed, and um, I hope you guys have a wonderful freaking day. Um, please reach out to us on our social media. We do have Facebook right now. Um, I'm thinking about Instagram, but uh, you guys tell me if I should do it or not. Um, but uh, our Facebook is Bad Influence pod IA on Facebook. So bad influence pod I a on Facebook. You can now find us on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, um, all the good ones. And, um, yeah, with that, I'm signing off. Hope you guys guys have a wonderful day and we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.